0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Can I
1: hear an amen on that? On that, Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 to 10, the the Bible says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the days of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. And so, Father, we thank you. For your spirit and we thank you for your grace that is here with us even today and i pray that you would speak to each and every one of us that this word would become a revelation in our hearts and in our lives we bind every spirit of fear and intimidation let there be freedom uh, to speak your word today let your gifts be in operation even as i share the word even as we hear the word today and i thank you for what you're going to do in jesus name and all god's people said amen and amen. I want to continue on the theme, uh, God's glorious church. I want to continue to speak about uh, the power uh, of uh, the local church. I want to remind each and every one of us. Just in case over the last few months we've kind of forgotten uh, how powerful the local church is, I want us to be reminded of the power of God's church, God's house. That even in this crazy season, God is still building the church. He's still blessing the church. He's still using the church of Jesus Christ to bring transformation into the world. God's plan has not changed. Um, his, uh, his, his plan is to use the church of Jesus Christ and the message is still the same. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her amen that is as true today as it's always been the church has always been under threat you study history and you will see that 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 the church has always been under threat but but it's never been uh, uh, finished in any way shape or form and and it's not going to finish in this time that we're living in today last week i made reference to a scripture found in genesis where jacob has a dream and he's on his way to uncle laban's house and during one of the nights god appears to him in a dream and he has a vision of stairs going to heaven and angels ascending and descending and god speaks to him about his future and the bible says that when jacob awoke from his sleep he thought surely the lord is in this place and i was not aware of it he was afraid and said how awesome is this place This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Our prayer here at Life Christian Center. Is that we will be a church where we can say, surely the Lord is in this place. Can I hear an amen? We, we want to be a church that says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And it's not awesome because of the building or the music. And thank God for all the things that we have. But it's not going to be awesome because of those things there. It's going to be awesome because this is the place where the presence of God is. Where we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Question for us is, how can we be that kind of church? How can we be the kind of church that God wants us to be? Because as I said last week, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. He had a particular image. He had a, he had a picture of what the church should look like. And, 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 and I pray that as, as I think about the church and, and, and I, wanna, I want us to be the kind of church that he envisaged. Um, not the kind of church that I'm envisaging or we as a leadership team are envisaging or what people think the church should be like. I want to I be able to be the kind of church that God wants us to be. Question is how? How can, how can we be that kind of church? Well, to give us some insight into this, we're going to look at a familiar story. It's the story of, of, uh, of Zerubbabel. It's the story of Zechariah, as we read in our text. People of Israel had begun to return uh, to Jerusalem after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And the first thing they wanted to do was rebuild the temple. And they were excited, and there was there was great joy, there was great expectation as to what God would do uh, amongst them. And and when they got there, uh, what they found uh, was uh, was was a mountain before them. We don't know if that mountain was a mountain of rubber or a, a mountain of work. We don't exactly know what that mountain uh, was, but we do know that it was a mountain. Um. We know that they faced a mountain of opposition. We get a snapshot of that in the book of Ezra. And then the peoples around them, the Bible says this, this, is Ezra chapter four, verses five and six. There's then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans. So as, as, as the people of Israel, they've returned, they're excited about returning back to the house of God. They're, they're excited about all of this. But, but when they get there, they're faced with a mountain. And we don't know if it was a physical mountain. We don't know if it was a mountain of rubble. What we do know is that they faced a mountain of opposition. And there was discouragement and there was fear and, and the enemy sought to frustrate their plans. And that kind of sound familiar about the kind of times that we're living in today. And so much so that the work actually stopped for a period of time. It was like that for Zerubbabel and I believe it's still the same today. We need to know that, that, that the church has an enemy that wants to destroy it. How many people understand that? There, there is an enemy that wants to destroy the church of the living God. So he will try and divide us and scatter us and fill us with fear and discouragement. There's still the tools that he's using to come against the people of God. And he will try and distract us because he knows the power of the local church. But I'm so glad that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That the enemy can throw whatever he wants against the church, but none of that is ever going to prevail because the church is not my church. Jesus says, I will build the church. He's the one that's building the church. He's the one that's leading the church. And he's the one that will protect the church of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? There's nothing more powerful or more exciting than to see the church operating at its best. And what makes the church so powerful is that it's called to preach the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the church has been given the mandate to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. A message that says it's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that lives are changed. That wounds are healed and families are restored and potential is released. It's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that that, that God can change the human heart, transform the human heart. It's something very powerful about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank God for counseling. Can I hear an amen? Thank God for psychology. Nothing wrong with psychology. I don't want anyone to think that at all. But you know, psychology can only go so far. No, 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 no theory or therapy can change the human heart. There's only one person that can transform the human heart, and that is Jesus Christ. When people come to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ, is, here, and when, when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says their whole life can be transformed. People can be going in one direction at one time, and then they hear about Jesus Christ, and they give their life to Jesus, and suddenly their whole life can be changed. They can be going in a completely different direction. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what makes the church different from every other organization and every other association and every other group of people that gather together. And if we had the time this morning and I could hand the microphone over to a few people, I'm sure many of us would be able to come together and testify to the things that God has done in our lives and in our marriages and in our families and and, and the things that God has done inside of our hearts. That many of us would not be here if not for the grace of God. If not for the power of God, if not for the, for, the, for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, where would we be? And that's what makes the church so powerful. And that's what makes the church a threat to, to the enemy and to the kingdom of darkness. And here was this group that was returning to Judah and they were all filled with excitement, ready to restore the temple. And what they found was a mountain of opposition. And God gives them two simple but powerful keys on how to restore the temple. And those, these two keys will help us not only build the church, but also face every mountain in our own lives. Just a thought that I, that I want to go back to. You know, I, I just love that story of, of Jacob, how he's, um, he's, uh, he's, on, he's on his way to his Uncle Laban's house. And, um, uh, you know, every, every time I read the scriptures, there are certain things that I just see. I, I just see naturally. And one of the things that I see is the grace of God. And how God works in people's hearts and and, and in our lives. How many people know that God often works in us despite us? How many people know that so often we are going in the wrong direction and God by His grace and mercy and love still interjects our lives and, and begins to speak to us about what He does. He doesn't stop us and start bashing us over the head. He starts to speak to us about the things that He wants to do in our lives. I love that story of Jacob because he's just deceived his brother of an inheritance. He just cheated his brother of an inheritance. And his brother Esau wasn't too happy about that. And good old mum was involved in the whole deception. You know the story and which is absolutely bizarre. But anyway, Jacob has has just deceived his brother. He's lied to his brother. He's pretended to be the older brother so he could steal uh, the inheritance from his blind dad. And then Esau wants to kill him. And so he starts running to Uncle Laban. He's, he's running to escape to Uncle Laban's house. And on the journey there, he, he falls down to sleep and God appears to him and begins to speak to him. Now, I don't know about you, but that to me is a picture of the grace of God. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ looks like. That's what God does in our hearts and in our lives. That's so often, even, even, even when we're running from him, even when, even when we're going in the opposite direction, he'll come. And he will speak to us. He wants to speak to some of you. Some of you are kind of going, well, I don't even know if this God exists. Some of you are kind of saying, well, I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure about this whole thing, about, about Christ and about the church and about God. I want you to know that God loves you and he cares about you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you would just open your heart to him, he will begin to speak to you about your future and about the things that he wants to do with your life. And so here we have Zerubbabel and uh, you know they're, 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 they're looking at this, this whole temple rebuild and, and it's just a mountain, whatever that mountain is that's before them. Uh, it just seems like a daunting task and, 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 and God gives them two keys on how to rebuild the temple. First of the keys is by the Spirit of God. And here's what he says, God speaks to them through Zechariah and says, this is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, why don't you say that with me? It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. One more time, it's not by might, it's not by power. But by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. If the church is going to be everything that God has God us to be, it's not going to be because of us. It's going to be because of the presence of the Spirit of God. And what the church needs more than anything else is more of His presence. We, we talked about that last week. We need more of the presence of God and more of the Spirit of God. When Jesus began His ministry, uh, you, you read about it in Luke chapter 4. And, and the Bible says Jesus is in the temple. And He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because uh, he has uh, asked me to, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to those in prison, to heal the brokenhearted, the cover of your sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. That's the mission of the church. When, when the Spirit of the God is on the church, that's the kind of things that God is going to do. That's what God is going to do through the church. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon the church, that's the kind of things that are going to happen in people's lives. Spirit of the Lord is going to bring, bring use, good news to the poor. And, you know, sure, there's a physical poverty that we can have. But how many people know we can have everything and still have nothing? We can have the latest iPhone and think we're really cool, but still feel this emptiness inside of us. We, we can be rich in, around us. And just, just in case you're not sure if you're rich and wealthy, if you've got coins in your pocket, you're richer than the, than the, the top 90%. Of, you're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. We, we can have wealth and still feel like we have nothing. There's an emptiness inside of us. But when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it brings good news to the poor, it changes and transforms our heart to proclaim freedom to those in prison. You know, we can be, we can be free but still be in prison. We can, be, we can be a prisoner to thoughts and ideas. We can be prisoner to the past, to, to, to habits and all kinds of things. We can still be, be, be prisoners. And, and, and one of the things that the Spirit of God does is He brings freedom into our hearts to heal the brokenhearted. We're the most educated generation that has ever, that has ever, that has ever existed. We're, we've got so much at our fingertips, yet we're a generation with a broken heart. We're, we're, we're a brokenhearted generation that doesn't even know how to heal the, the, the themselves. And, and so people are trying so many ways to deal with that brokenness inside of their lives. Well, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon the church of Jesus Christ, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, one of the things He does, He heals the brokenhearted. And Psalm says He, he, he binds up their wounds. And I, I just love that picture of what God wants to do. Recovery of sight to the blind. How many people know you can see, but not see your way ahead? How many people have ever said, I, I just can't see how I'm going to get through this. I can't see how I'm going to get to the other side of this. I, I can't see how I'm, I'm going to get over this particular situation to set the oppressed free. And that, that's essentially the mission of the church. That's the purpose of the church. And when the Spirit of God is on the church, they're the things that kind of begin to happen in people's lives. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Listen to what Luke says about Jesus. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and used about Him spread through the whole country. So I love, I love that scripture. Today we have to rely on social media to market ourselves. We have to rely on social media. We have to rely on Instagram and Facebook and everything else that we can to make sure that people know about us. No Instagram in Jesus' time. But listen carefully. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about Him spread everywhere. Why was that? It was because Jesus was filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And whenever and wherever He went, lives were impacted and changed. I pray that would be the testimony of this expression of the body of Christ. I pray that that would be the expression of Life Christian Centre, that we wouldn't need to use social media to to, to, to market us, but but people would say, you know, I went to church the other day, and and when I went, I felt something. There was something uh, that happened in my heart and in my life. I met Jesus, and my whole life was changed and transformed. If we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, then we need the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. How can we have more of the Holy Spirit amongst us? It's the same way the early church did. They cried out to God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, I come back to the Scripture again and again whenever I can because I just love this Scripture. This is the early church. This is the birthing of the church. This is where the first church was actually conceived, back in Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. What were they doing in that one place? I tell you what they were doing. They were seeking God. They were crying out to God. Acts chapter 1 tells us that they were praying. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I tell you, church, what we need is for the house to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The greatest thing that we can have, that we can have in our hearts and in our lives is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's true of the church. And that's true of ourselves. Some of us are facing some mountains in our own lives. Challenges, difficulties, impossibilities. And we're trying real hard to change. And and we're, we're trying so hard to be different. But the word of the Lord to us is, it's not by might, it's not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And God was saying to Zerubbabel, you've worked hard with your own strength. Stop trying to do this with your strength. Trust me and I will give you the strength to do it. Every Sunday morning, I, 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 uh, I got to come and preach. And, you know, a big portion of my week is spent preparing for the church, preparing a sermon for you. And, you know, it's quite interesting because, you know, one of the, what, the greatest feedback that I get from sermons is your jokes were funny. <laughs> You know, I've spent three days sweating, you know, fasting and praying and crying out to God and, and you know, just, just putting a sermon together. And then after the sermon, that, you know, that Pastor Joe, that was a great sermon. Your jokes were really funny. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's fine. You keep doing that. I like, I like the people that say they're really funny. The, yeah, jokes are not that funny, but it's okay. Um, but, but seriously, every, every, every time I get up to preach is a thought that comes into my mind that says, what are you going to say today? I look at my sermon on a Saturday night. I just go over it again. I say, this this sermon is going to make no difference to anyone but there's a scripture that comes into my mind every single time. There's a scripture that I quote every single time and, and, and on a Sunday morning, I prayed it this morning back in my office and, and the scripture is very simple. It's not by might, it's not by power but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. These words come alive into my heart and I'm reminded of the fact that if God is gonna move in our midst, it's not because of me, it's not because of, of my abilities or because of the way I structure a sermon together. It's not by might, it's not by power but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. And so, so many of us are trying to change ourselves. And we need to be reminded of this this powerful truth. It's not by mind. It's not by self-discipline. It's not by, you know, psyching yourself up. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. More than ever, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us get through whatever it is that we're going through. More than ever, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to face those mountains in our life that seem impossible to face. We need to draw on strength from the Holy Spirit. We were were never intended to do this life on our own. Jesus said, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus didn't say, and you shall receive power when you discipline yourself. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses. It's not do, it's be. You shall be the kind of person that I've called you to be. How do we have more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? We need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to cry out to God. We need to do what the early church was doing. It's tarry. It's tarrying in the presence of God. We've lost the meaning of that word tarrying. That means I wait before the Lord and I cry out to God. I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. I've got five minutes left. Second key is the grace of God. Zechariah says, "Who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth a capstone with shouts of grace, grace." To what? It's the spirit of God and it's the grace of God. I love the way Zechariah begins to speak to the mountain. He says he says, "Who are you, O great mountain?" Listen, either the mountains in our lives will speak to us or we, need to, we will speak to those mountains. And Jesus taught us in the New Testament, He says, if you've got faith like a mustard seed, you'll be able to speak to that mountain and say, be gone. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plant. Who are you, O depression? Who are you, O anxiety? O pride, Or marital challenges, sickness? Who are you? Who do you think you are trying to intimidate me? You shall become a plain in the name of Jesus, by the grace of God and for the glory of God. How's that mountain going to become a plain? And he shall bring forth a capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. How's the church going to become everything God has called it to be? It's by the grace of God. Acts chapter 4 says with great power the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. I love, this church. I, I love this church. I love this church. I love this church. I love you guys. I, I, I love this place more, more, more than anything else. I love the team that we have. I just, I'm just continuously amazed by the incredible people, the gifted people that we have in the church, the loyal people that we have in this church, amazing people that in a challenge, everybody just steps up to the plate and just goes an extra mile. I love this church. Thank God for who we are. Can I just hear a little amen for the team? They're up there at the moment sweating and, and uh, you know, they were sweating before the service and I love seeing them sweat. I love seeing them challenge. Just, yeah, I love seeing them distressed. It makes me feel good uh, because I'm distressed. So, hey, they should be distressed too. But listen, thank God for the people that we have. But what we need in the church is more of the grace of God. When Barnabas went to Antioch, the Bible says, and he saw the evidence of the grace of God. There was evidence that there was grace upon them. In other words, they couldn't explain it by the people they had. The the, the only way they could explain what was happening is there was the supernatural grace of God upon them. And if the church is going to be everything that God has called us to be, it's going to be by the grace of God. If we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, it's only by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace. And poor Paul, because Paul had, had done incredible things for God, but he recognised that it was only by the grace of God. How 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 can we access the grace of God? Pastor Joe, I love I love I love I love what you what you're saying about the grace of God. And by the way, the, grace of the the definition of the grace of God is is the ability to do things you could never do on your own. How do we access that kind of grace? What well, Zechariah says to Zerubbabel, you access that grace of God by shouting grace, grace to it. Shouting grace is a declaration that says, I can't do this on my own. I can't face this on my own. This mountain is too big for me. This problem is too great for me. I need you. I need your power. I need your ability to help me through. It's grace, grace. It's seeing the mountain before them and, and, and saying, you know what? I don't have the strength or the ability to deal with this mountain. And we cry out, grace, grace. It's a declaration of our dependence upon God. Zerubbabel is trying to restore this temple and things are going really hard. That's a really hard name to say, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. It's a good name for one of your kids, by the way. Some of you are looking for a different name you know, trying to be different. You know, hey, trendy, where he a one, Zerubbabel. <laughs> he's trying to restore the temple and there's a mountain before them. There's a mountain of opposition and trouble ahead of him. And he's getting discouraged. And God says, listen, listen, Zacharias says, I've got a word for you. Zerubbabel, I've got a word for you. It's not by might, it's not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Stop sweating. It's not because of you, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And that's a word for someone here today. Some of you are sweating about what's going on in your life right now. Some of you are sweating because of the mountain that's before you right now. The Word of the Lord to you, it's not by might. it's not by, it's by my Spirit. I'm going to see you through. I'm going to guide you through this. And then he says, oh, are you oh great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plane, and He shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. I believe that's a word for us as individuals. It's a word for us as a church. So we look at the history of our church. We can say that we're here for two reasons. Two reasons. One is by the Spirit of God and one is because of the grace of God. Those of you that know the history of our church, you will know the reason why we're here. It's by the Spirit of God and by the grace of God. I often think about those early migrants that... That, that came, uh, that started the church. It was a handful of them, uh, recent migrants from Italy. And uh, they started gathering in a home and and they started to run services in one of the homes here. And and the church just began to grow and grow and grow. And, and this group of guys I mean, you just got to get it here. You just got to try and understand it. I mean, you may not understand it if you're not Italian, but if you're Italian, you kind of get this, you know. Here with these guys, they didn't have much of an education and they're thrust into this position of leadership. And 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 trust me, these guys, These guys were passionate people, (laughs) passionate ideas and, and so on and so on. And I think, how did they get through those early days? I tell you how they got through those early days. It was the Spirit of God and it was the grace of God. We are here today those two reasons. And we've seen the grace of God on our church again and again and again as we, we've looked at the history, and in particular in the last 12 months, we've, we've seen the grace of God on our church. I can tell you, there's been grace on our church the last four months, I can tell you. But especially in the last 12 months, we've been in this particular building here for 26 years. And when we moved here, we thought, you know what, it would be really nice one day if we could, if we could buy the mechanic next door. Yeah, that would, that would be really good. And last year during Empower Conference, we, we prayed about the purchase. We knew that it was coming up for sale. Uh, we'd, we'd heard on the grapevine that it was, was going to be up for sale. We prepared for it. And that night, Pastor Tark preached a message from this particular text. And we, how many people were here that night? I don't know if you remember that night. Yeah, you were here. Some of you remember. And we all pointed that way and we, and we began, began to pray, grace, grace, grace. Let, let, let me show you that night. Let me show you the video from that night.
0: All right. All right. Now, I need permission for the last one. There's some land you want. Grace? Yes. We out for it? You know, there's a church in India, Chennai. Thirty thousand people, struggling to get some land. Stacks of it missing. So I went in there, and I said, "Come on, grace, grace to the land." And he sent me an email some months later, saying, "After those declarations, he said, um, a massive amount of that land was released to them. The Hindus were holding out on. They still got a little bit. They still need to get." but it just made a huge difference. So we're going to believe these guys need this land just right over here, okay? Is that all you need? Is there any, you want to stretch it out a bit further? <laughs> How far do you want to go? <laughs> just to, whatever, all right, all right. So these guys can go up as well. So, oh man, this is, gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah, all right, so let's all face, why don't you stretch forth your hands out there? We're going to say grace to that piece of land, that it be released. When, when do we want it released? Soon. Soon, release soon, all right? Yesterday. All right, we're ready at five times and then the drummer, you can go for it. So come put some faith behind this. You know, we're gonna really believe this land's gonna be released for the kingdom of God, for the saving of many, you know, for the healing of many, the restoration of many, you know, the, the brokenness being restored. So much need, isn't there, in this city of Adelaide. So we need this land. God needs this land. Grace five times, ready? Let's go. Grace, 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 grace. Got it, alright? I just no, I just think we need to. Just just stir that faith up. Come on, the land's coming, it's coming. Grace is gonna bring it. Grace is gonna nothing's too hard for God. We're gonna get it at the right price. We're gonna get it at the right price. Alright. Which is much less than it's worth, alright? Okay. So, yeah. It's the way God works. Yeah, he'll do it. Alright, ready? Let's go there again. Ready? Let's go. Grace, grace,
1: grace, grace, grace. Any people remember that night? We 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 haven't forgotten that night. But what's really interesting for those that don't know is that the day after, this was Thursday night, Friday lunchtime, I get a phone call from our builder. He, I didn't know anything about this at all. But our builder, a good friend of our church, many of you know him, he was negotiating behind the scenes to purchase the property for us, and he wanted to surprise us. And Friday morning, uh, Friday lunchtime, sorry, I get a phone call from him and say, and he says to me, "Listen, I've bought the property for you. Do you want it or not?" <laughs> it's unbelievable. And as we, as we found out, and, and and you know, you might say, "Well, that's just a coincidence," but what, what? It was incredible for us was we found out afterwards that the, the builder was, we were waiting for the builder to put a for sale sign on, or the, the guys next door to put a for sale sign on it. Well, they weren't intending to do that at all. Uh, they were going to sell off market and they had no intention of selling it to us as a church. Um, for whatever reasons, we don't know. And, uh, um, and so he rings up the next day and he says, the property's yours and we bought it for, talk about soon, soon. It was the day after and and we bought it for a really good price and we thank God for that. And then, you know, people around the church started to look at the Bakehouse Theatre going, Grace, Grace, I take it easy, guys, take it easy, take it easy. Well, in December, we get this phone call here at church to say uh, a real estate agent rang and he said, uh, are you interested in buying the theatre? Well, personally, I experienced excitement. And dread at the same time, all in the same time. Anybody have experienced two emotions? That yeah. Anyway, and I remember as I thought about that, the Lord gave me a, a verse, which I felt was a verse about this, in Joshua twenty-one forty-three. So the Lord gave Israel the land He had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And so over this COVID period, uh, we've been negotiating with the vendor. And we're pleased to announce uh, that this week, this week on Wednesday, uh, the vendor accepted our offer, signed the contract, and uh, and so the property is ours. Yeah. Keep clapping because we settle in September 30, all right? Keep clapping, keep clapping. Not as loud a clap. Um, we've also been negotiating with uh, with a finance company, and we're, we're 90% sure we'll be able to get most of the money for it. And so uh, we thank God for that. If you're a guest here today, we, we, we just want you to know this doesn't happen around here very often. Okay, uh, in 26 years, this has been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that's happened twice in the, in the space of 12 months, and and we we are grateful to God for this. I I feel this is a gift. This is not something we chased. This is not something we sought after. Uh, You know, we believe it's a gift from God. So I want you to stand with me. Two things we're going to do just quickly. And I've gone over time again, and I'm going to be in big trouble. But we're going to do these two things um, as we bring this service to a close. The Bible says, When they laid the foundations for the new temple, they praised God. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good; His love towards Israel and toward Israel Jews forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Do I, do I? am I daunted by this project? Yeah, I am in the natural. I am in the natural. But you know, there's a thought that comes into my mind that says it's not by might; it's not my power by my spirit says the lord almighty i remember i was starting to stress about the finance and as i was doing my devotions i was doing a, a, a text back in i think it's genesis where the angel speaks to, to to sarah and she hasn't had a baby and she's in her 90s um and uh, and 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 the angels is anything too difficult for me the answer is no so two things I want us to do. First thing I want us to do is just as the music is playing, I just want you to thank God for this gift from God. Just right, right there. Come on. I just want you to just worship God. Give me one minute. Come on. Let's just shout of praise. Just thank the Lord for what He's doing. Just thank the Lord for this gift from God. Just thank the Lord from, for this gift. Come on. Just worship the Lord. Just say, thank you, Father. 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 Come on, just lift your voices and give Him thanks. Come on, just give Him a shout of praise. Just thank you, Father God. You're a gracious God. You're the God that still moves today. You're this God that still does great and mighty things today, Lord God. You're the God of the open door. You're the God of blessing. You're the God of favor. Come on, just lift your voices, shout of praise. Come on, just lift it, just like they did in the in, in the early church. There, begin begin to shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father father second thing I want us to do because I, I more important than that or just as important there might be some people here today watching on on, on television there might be some people who've got some mountains in your life today Mountain is anything in your life that seems bigger, stronger, more powerful. A mountain is something that seems permanent, grand, immovable, just doesn't seem like it's going to go away. What is that thing in your life that, if it would just be removed, would free you to be everything that God has called you to be? God says you can try and spend the rest of your life trying to move that mountain, or you can shout grace, grace to it, a declaration that says, oh, I can't do this on my own. I can't face this on my own. This mountain is too big for me. This problem is too great for me. I need you. I need your power. I need your grace. I need your ability to deal with this. And I don't know, but who knows what God might do? Because there's a history <laughs> of God doing some incredible things. So. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish off. I'm not Takbana. I don't even pretend to be him. I certainly don't have his faith, but you know what? Uh, I, the, the, the Bible says they didn't just speak it, they shouted it. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to just think right now. Just, just, just think in your life. Maybe there's a mountain in your life that you want to see moved. Come on, I just want you to think about that. What is that one thing that if it shifted in your life, your life would be different even right now, this morning? I want you to think about what that is. And we're going to shout, grace. Grace. And then we're going to worship God and bring the service to a close. Are you ready? Come on, I want you to think about that just quickly. We're on television. I want you to think about that. Come on, there's a mountain. I've, I've got one in my life. I've got one in my life. i I I just 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 declare it. Think about it right now. So on the count of three, I'm go, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shout grace grace, and then we're gonna go into worship. Okay? Then we're gonna go into worship for a few minutes, and I'm gonna bring the service to a close. In the name of Jesus. So, ready? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Grace, grace. Come on, worship the Lord. Come on, we have worship. Worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, lift your voices unto God. Come on, He's worthy of praise. He's worthy to be lifted high. He's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to be magnified. Come on, He's the God that can do above and beyond. He's the God of the immeasurable. He's the God that can do beyond anything you could ever think or imagine. He's an amazing God. Just when you think He's he's done enough, He's going to just do a little bit more. It's what grace is all about. That's the power of grace. That's the power of His Spirit. He wants to bless you. He wants to pour out his favor upon you he hasn't finished with you yet he has not he's only just starting with you he's only just started to do a work in your life and he's going to bring it to completion in the name of Jesus that mountain that you see before you you will not see again in the name of Jesus by my spirit says the Lord and by my grace says the Lord Almighty father I just thank you and I just thank not by might not by power but by my spirit and I thank you that it's by your grace that we can be everything that you've called us to be Lord I just pray that these concepts would become a revelation in our hearts Lord God and that we would see the miraculous power of God to see mountains moved in our hearts and life that we would not rely on our strength but we would tap into the power of the spirit and the power of the grace of God as a church and as individuals, to be everything that God has called us to be. Father, we just thank You for what You're gonna do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. God bless you. You have an awesome week and we'll see you back next Sunday. Don't forget to register and come to the service. God bless you. Thank you so much.